This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Nope, I like the, I like the all-in automotive. So I'm an automotive car guy. That's it. Yep, I love it. I'm an old Mustang, Camaro. Anything old, I'm in. Put a big motor in it, I'm even in it more. <laughs> so I collect them. My, that's my relaxation is putting my hands in a car where everybody else is frustrated. I'm happy. Just get dirty. That's my relaxation. That's away from everything. That's a whole selfish part of me. I got 60s, late 60s, early 70s. I go back as far as I own a 53 Pontiac Chieftain. My, you know, and then I like my German newer cars. I'm a Mercedes man at heart. All the newer ones are nice. I like the technology in these cars. It's, uh, and I, I like, of course, batteries. But I like the technology. I just like the German engineering. I'm Joe Cubberly, and this is the Tom Roland Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast today. We've got a pretty interesting one about batteries. You know, I have been on a mission to find a way that I can um, have a trolling motor system that'll never run out of juice. And this year has been a real game changer because PowerPole came out with this new charger that charges on the go. And I've gone to new Lithium Pro batteries. So between the two... The idea is that I will never run out of battery juice. So I had a person come and see me. I've never met a person who knows as much about batteries as Joe Coverly. He was in the Navy. He's done everything that you can possibly do with batteries and working his way up through all the different types of batteries. So 
It's really important that you take care of each battery the way that it's supposed to to get the maximum amount of life and the maximum amount of performance out of it. And Joe goes over everything from lead acid batteries to AGM batteries to the new lithium batteries and what we're supposed to do to take care of each one of them. And man, you know what? Besides that, he's a pretty cool dude. He's done a lot of different things and uh, had a great conversation with Joe Coverly. Coming up next. All right, Joe. How you doing, man? Hey, good morning, Tom. I'm great. Got coffee, sunshine, Florida. I'm well. All right. Coffee, sunshine, and Florida. <laughs> that's good because that's not what we had yesterday. You uh, you arrived in probably the worst weather that we've had in quite some time. No coffee, rain, and clouds. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, a uh, long drive yesterday? Uh, we did a little over 14 hours straight down here. Uh, traffic wasn't bad. The weather was just... Not typically what I would see in Florida. Yeah. No, it was a very, very bad front. And the night before, the front was uh, was even worse. Um, but I appreciate you coming down. I'm very, very impressed that, that you would make the trip for um, a slight issue. Well, that's what we like to do. Customer service, take care of the guys. You know, we like to put our hands in the field, see what's going on and see exactly what's happening. If it's a problem we need to look at or something that needs to be taken care of on the boat or whatever's going on, that's what we like to be out there and see. So we started, um, using these different batteries, but that's what, that's what we're kind of talking about. We had a lot of what we thought was a little battery issue. So Joe drove all the way down from, wherever way up north to to come in and fix this issue or diagnose this issue but what's your what's your background with batteries why do you even know so much about batteries <laughs> why well, i've been playing in batteries from my early days i was in the navy we did that and then afterwards i did the uh, battery warehouses and i had three of them you know, different manufacturers, I covered them all up. I'm just a, I'm a battery guy, as I used to say, as a little joke. I was on acid. So I finally got, I finally got around to it. And now I do things good for my heart, lithium. <laughs> you were on acid. That's funny. Um, so what they have you doing in the Navy? Well, they rebuilt and built the, the batteries for different objects is what we'll call them. And that's what we did. We tested individual cells and went around things like that. So in that in that time, uh, those were mostly lead acid batteries, or all, all pretty much lead acid. They were starting to mess with uh, some nickel, cadmium, and NiCADs, and lithium was just a, a a figment of everybody's imagination. So, did you have some sort of background that kind of lended yourself to that position, or did they just put you in that position? No, nope, I liked I liked it all in automotive. You're you're so all you're I'm a an car automotive guy. car guy. That's you are? it. Yep, I love what, it. What kind of cars do you like? Uh, I'm an old Mustang, Camaro. Anything old, I'm in. Put yeah. a big motor in it. I'm even in it more. Nice. And <laughs> so. so, do you work on those cars all the time, or you collect them? Or I collect them. I, that's my relaxation is putting my hands in a car where everybody else is frustrated. I'm happy. Yeah. Just get dirty. That's my relaxation. That's away from everything. That's a whole selfish part of me and what uh like what age cars do you like the best i got 60s late 60s early 70s i go back as far as i own a 53 pontiac chieftain my you know and then i like my german newer cars i'm a mercedes man at heart yeah <laughs> that's it for the new ones all the newer ones are nice i like the technology in these cars it's and i'd like of course batteries mm -hmm. but i like the technology i just like the german engineering my dad has a 
has an old car. He's got an Austin Healey 3000 that, uh, that he's always messing with. And he's not really a mechanic. So when I say messing with, I mean, he drives it until something goes wrong and then he takes it to somebody that can, that can fix it for the most part. But over, um, you know, it's, it, that's always kind of an interesting, like, period of somebody's life when they decide that they're going to restore this car, even if they do the work or if they take it to somebody. I mean, it's kind of an adventure to start into that, like the re- restoration process. Well, I started out as a, as a teenager. You know, my first car was a 73 Chevy. And, you know, if it broke, you had to fix it because I didn't have money. I grew up on a farm. And then then it's like, well, dad said, well, you got a car. There you go. So I figured it out. If I needed something, we could fix it. Had a tractor out in the field. Hey, Joey, go go have a look at that because I was one who was like, okay, I'll do that. (laughs) And there's plenty of times that I put things together wrong. Yeah. But that's how I learned. So that, well when once you put it together wrong and then it the world doesn't end and you don't blow things up, then it's like, oh well, if you make a mistake, it's not really that big a deal. I mean, that's part of the, the learning process. I think for me, like when I start working on some stuff like my outboard or like something in my boat, it's like, man, I could really create a a huge problem here. So I kind of shy away from that, you know, where somebody with more experience is like What's what's the worst thing that's going to happen here? Like, I'm I'm jumping in. Well, the older cars, I love that because I can jump in. I can get my hands in it. You can explain to somebody what's going on, and, and look at it. And go, yeah, I can fix this. A new car with these new onboard computers. You lift the hood and go, laptop, <laughs> scanner tool. Yeah, <laughs> this is what's wrong with it. Before it was like spark plug. Cap coil rotor. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to rebuild that carburetor. Yep. You know, and now you get twenty thousand parts to one. How do you adjust that? Huh. Laptop. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, uh, do you have like a newer Mercedes that you like to yeah, mess I have, with? Well, I I don't mess with the newer ones. I I can play a little bit. I got myself a scanner, but I don't mess with it because you can do more damage if you're not knowledgeable than you can do good. Yeah. I mean, you plug into them, it tells you everything you want to know, and some you're not supposed to know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I like I, I have a new my newer one to me is a 2014. That's newer. So What about what about the uh the electric cars? Like Tesla specifically. Oh, I I think that's awesome technology. I think he's got it figured out pretty good and and I think the biggest thing about Tesla is people that buy the cars, they just have to be educated on them. Really? Like like what do you, what do you need to know? How, how to charge them, how to run them. You just it's not just a hop in the car and you know, you go to town. There's people that have everybody goes, "Oh, lithium causes fire." So they look at a Tesla that caught fire. Well, why did it catch fire? You never see the end result. You have to go research, dig it up. And a lot of times it's something that's customer or owner negligence Hmm. they didn't do something right maybe there was a power surge that caused the problem the wiring wasn't correct in a chart there's multiple things very rarely is it caused by the battery Hmm. and what do you think about his battery technology is that going to take over the world i don't think it'll take over the world but he's got good technology good management he's got good system going on with tesla so even if it is good enough like if if that's the technology, and I know that I read his book, and um, you know, like some of his biggest investors are the other automotive companies, which I find very interesting, and I figure that if that's the case, then he's got this figured out to the point where the other, or he's so far ahead of the other companies that they're like, it's better just to partner, it's better just to support this than try to fight against it. 
Oh, I agree. He he is so far ahead, but every time you get ahead, somebody's going to catch up and yeah. that's going to be it. But yeah, he is way ahead. He's got it out there. He's worked on that. Uh, what's that? The truck, the Tesla truck. Mm-hmm. And now there's other companies working on a similar item, similar cars. Chevy's worked with it. They're they They got that uh, Volt. Then that's a good tech piece of technology there too. We actually have one of them at the shop. Hmm. I mean, that's a very good technology. Well-built designed. It's a nice piece. So everybody's going to have their little twist on what works. Yeah. Do, what about the, I mean, if that is the technology and we get, we, we end up going away from, from gas, uh, maybe not entirely in the next 10 years, but we, we move way more towards electric. What about the facilities that it takes to build all these batteries? Like, what does that look like? (laughs) That's going to be here in the States. That's going to be quite interesting to see with all your regulations you have. And and it's all all about safety and environmental regulations on what you do with that. And I think that's going to determine how big of a building you have or how big of a place you have to build, design, test uh, a battery manufacturing plant. What are the differences in the in the way that states uh, regulate that? Like, are there some states that are way more uh, likely to have a giant battery facility than others? Um, I'm not going to step into that because I really <laughs> don't know. <laughs> and yeah. that'd be one where I open my mouth and insert my foot. Well, I just thought yeah. you know, it's like maybe maybe one state's just like mm, we don't. We don't want that, uh, you know, the EPA reg- or the regulations are just such that it doesn't lend itself at all to battery manufacturing. There probably is a few of them, and I could probably think of a couple offhand, but I- I'm really not going to jump on that, Mark. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that's cool. I think that the the Tesla technology is, I'm fascinated with it because, like, I, th- I like the idea of, a, of an electric car, and I like the idea of the roof you know how how he's created the roof tiles that look just like regular tiles and then you could have kind of an electric house where you pull your electric car in you're plugging that in and then you have these batteries in the garage or whatever and so in order for that to really take hold basically everybody would have to you know i mean the solar technology is there for for getting the sun but the real trick is the battery right like everybody has to have some sort of pretty large battery in their garage or under their house or somewhere where you're going to have to have a good charging bank to charge up those batteries a good i mean solar is great for that that the sunlight is it, it's free it falls out of the sky is what i call it and that yeah. will charge a lot of things quickly but for john for most general public you're going to have to have a nice charging bank to plug your car in when you get home hmm. which means the power grid's going to have to get updated because if everybody goes electric every house is going to have to have this plug that provides the power hmm. so and so what kind of an update would you have to get to i think every, every you know they make a lot of them that you can plug into 120 but I think the bigger the banks are in these cars, the, the higher the amperage and you like for somebody to have one of those superchargers at yeah. their house. You're, you're going to have to update your power, you know, 240, 480 volt. Hmm. And that's going to put a big strain on the power grid. So what do you think the the like I'm just trying to understand like why why the solar revolution isn't happening faster? Like is it the batteries or is it the charging bank or is it that it's just so convenient to be on the grid. That's convenient, and people don't understand solar. There's people that understand solar, people who think they understand solar, and people who are like, yeah, no, not going there yet. 
Mm. And it's not hard. It's much more complicated to sit there and figure out what you need than people think. I mean, oh, I'm just going to get solar. It's going to run this and that. Well, you got to figure out what you want to run for how big of a bank of batteries you're going to need and how many solar panels, what wattage, what type of solar panel. And a lot of it is where you live. Florida is a good spot. California, anything out in the West where they're open. You want to go into Maine and Vermont, those places where they don't see that much sun. How much solar do you think you're going to get? Right. And that's a big part. I mean, we do a ton. We sell a lot of solar batteries. We have a lot of solar batteries. We go to big solar shows. But talking to the general public, they really are not educated in lithium and solar. Yeah. Well, I'm not. Yeah. And I'm, I'm interested in it because, like, I mean, that that intrigues me. Like, the idea that, that we have all of this every single day, there's this sunlight falling out of the sky for free. And we're not using it. Well, the, you know, the state's... And it doesn't make a difference which one you go to. You see the solar panels along the road. They run street signs. They run those electronic devices you see that regulate the big signs that tell you what traffic patterns are. You'll see little solar panels around all over. If you look, when you're just driving down the road and you pay attention, there's a lot more solar doing little things than people Mm. realize. And what solar could be doing is it's untapped. Right. So the trick is, like right now with those little things, it's no problem to run it during the day when the sun's actually out, but then you have to have a battery that will store enough to charge through the night, right? Well, you have to have the battery enough to let the be able to be discharged evenly through the evening, right? So the battery during the day, it's absorbing. So you need a battery that's going to bring in the charge from the sun as quickly as possible, take it all in and get that battery at full charge as quick as it can. Lithium will charge and do that five times quicker than a lead-acid battery. And then it'll be discharged slowly through the night. And that's the key. If you don't get a fully charged battery, you're not going to run all night. So that's where you got to know how much am I drawing for eight hours? How much am I drawing for 10 hours? How much capacity does the battery have? And how much ability does the solar panel have to charge this battery back to full quickly? And so most of those small devices are using like some sort of lithium battery, you think? Um, or? Most of them are using actually today yet. They're still using lead because people have a fear quote-unquote fear of lithium. Well, it's going to do this, it's going to do this. The the technology we put into lithium batteries today makes it, I say, it makes it hard for them to do what people fear, fire or whatever. That's, yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Like, what is the fear? They, they fear fire. They fear, they see all these videos on YouTube. Oh, we watch this battery do this. We watch this. But what, what you don't realize is that battery was set up to do that. People do that for the show. How many batteries, lithium batteries, just go spontaneously combust is what I'll call it. Very few. I don't know, but they won't let you fly with, like, they say, you know, don't fly with a lithium ion. You can have it in your your carry-on or something, but you you can't carry it on the plane. Yeah, that's a different technology. That's a different technology than what's out here in the automotive world and and the, the marine industry and the solar industry. That's all different. There's not a management like we put on them today, and there's not controlled discharge. So they can sit totally dead. And then be charged up and people, you know, that's where you have your fire. They put them on dead, dead batteries and they try and throw very heavy amperage into it. That's how you catch it? Well, how- you can. That's just one. You know, the kid, they, they had that hoverboard deal that went yeah, on years right. ago. And they were catching on fire all over the It wasn't the original people that were catching them on fire. The kids got done. They got older. They've been sitting in the corner there for a year or two years. And all of a sudden, somebody's throwing a heavy charge into it. And that's what can do it. 
So from a dead battery. So what would you have to do to, to avoid that? A good battery management makes a difference. And what And that's what inside does that mean? the battery. Oh, what inside. That, is, that controls, or the charger even. Some of the chargers have a management in them. That controls how quickly the battery absorbs the charge, how your cells are all balanced if you don't have proper balancing, or improper balancing can cause that. Hmm. So it's not it's something that the consumer can do necessarily. It's nope. that's all in the manufacturer. That's like if right. you buy like, a, a knockoff hoverboard, things probably going to catch on fire. Exactly correct. And that, they, nobody goes, "Oh, that wasn't the original." Somebody just threw that in a hole. Exactly. A knockoff. A lot of knockoff stuff isn't have the quality of the original. And I'm not saying that's what caused it. That's just one of the reasons it can be caused. Right. So a charging charging a dead battery too fast. That's exactly correct. And those, those, like a hoverboard battery, that was a lithium-type battery, That right? was a lithium-type battery, and I'm not real sure what lithium technology was in it, but everybody, they, nobody cared. It said lithium, and that's all you heard. Well, another lithium battery. Hmm. Another lithium battery. Well, what, what, well, we don't care. We just know it's lithium. And then the same thing was happening with those, um, I think it was like the Galaxy phone or one of the Android phones was catching on fire. Everybody was having that problem. And that can be manufacturing defects. That could be many things that cause that. And, and we don't really know what caused that problem. They just know there was an issue. It caught Something caught fire when it was either charging, it didn't stop, or who knows what the reason was. Mm-hmm. But when it happens one time or two times, people take note to it because, again, it says lithium. And then they're like, yep, can't have that in your phone or in your charger or in your laptop or when you're flying or when you're doing this or when you're doing that. They have to look out for the for the general public in that case. Hmm. So we've moved over to the – I mean, batteries have been a major part of our fishing for a long time ever since we started really using the bay boats down here probably uh 15 or 16 years ago um everything changed all of a sudden we were able to uh well the power pole came out that was huge because there have been bay boat style boats for a long time but there was no way to maneuver them like people didn't put a trolling motor on them or if they did put a trolling motor on them, there's still no way to stop them. So with the combination of the power pole to be able to stop wherever you want to stop and the trolling motor, it really revolutionized everything. And then people like start building boats that are now they're quieter and now they can go in shallower water and they're, they're still the bay boat style, but everything changed because of the trolling motor and because not just the trolling motor, but the, the combination of the trolling motor and the power pole and both of those being remote control. So the boats are like 24 feet long. So you don't have to run 24 feet to, you know, put the power pole on or to drop the power pole or an anchor or anything like that. So you could all of a sudden do it quietly. You could do it from anywhere in the boat. It really changed everything. It changed everything because we're doing the same kind of fishing that that we used to do out of a skiff where we'd push with a push pole and no trolling motor at all and now we can do that out of the bay boat but one of the things that is is such a big deal for us is that in the morning we'll go out and we'll catch pilchards so we're we're using a cast net and we're moving around in the shallow water a lot of times on high and in the morning you know, you have a tendency to burn up a lot of your trolling motor juice. So I started out with, with you know, like a 24-volt a um, with 
two lead acid batteries and then two group 31 lead acid batteries. And then just, you know, I would just burn up the whole trolling motor before I could even fish. You'd burn that up, just catching bait because yep. the, you know, you got tide and wind and everything and you're, you're trying to move around and get to where you can catch this bait. So then we moved to a 36 volt group 31 and really felt like we had it kind of dialed in with the lead acid. And over the years, the, the, we just never have enough trolling motor juice, like very rarely. And that really is the dictating factor of success or failure in a lot of, in a lot of the fishing that we do. Like if you still have trolling motor juice at the end of the day, you can still go into the wind or you can, you know, you can, you can fish a few more flats or you can fish a lot longer. So Man, we we've tried all these different things, and um, now we're on the lithium batteries. And so I still have a lot of questions about lithium. Like, for example, I went from, you know, what, what is it, Group Twenty Four? Yeah, that, so thirty-one, twenty-four. So, but but when we first started, we thought, okay, well, we don't really need a trolling motor that much. And then you start using it, and you're like, man. I like the trolling motor, you know, and so you want to use it more and more and more. So it became obvious that the group 24s weren't going to be enough. So the recommendation was, well, if you got two 31s in there, that's going to be enough. So you get a bigger battery. So two 31s should be like how much better than two 24s in your opinion? Well, you're going to, you know, there's so many different sizes. So you can just say it's going to give you 15% more. Just use a number. It's 15%. Okay. I mean, there's so many different batteries. The one guy will argue, oh, well, it's 30%. It's 50%. It depends on what you buy. You can buy a cheap battery. You can buy an expensive battery. There's it, just say an average of 15% better. Okay. So, so, and then if you got two of them, would that be 30% better? No, that's as okay. for the set. All right. So, and then it became obvious that those weren't, <laughs> that that wasn't <laughs> enough. So now we go to three. So then it's three group 31s. And, you know, by the end of the day, we would, it would be, it would be low, but we could get through. But you're, you know, you know, look, there's no possible way I'm fishing tomorrow if I don't get this thing on charge tonight and that's then charge it all night and, you know, even when we were fishing the redfish tournaments, we were trying to figure out a way that, you know, sometimes we would fish and until and late in the day. And then we would have to trailer across the, you know, the country or, or a long way across the state or whatever. And we were trying to figure out a way that we could charge while we were driving. You know, can we put a, a generator in the in the pickup? bed and and be charging or because you just had no juice for the next day so if you yep. show up wherever you're going in the next day and you have no juice you you can't fish there's no money then right <laughs> and so we were trying all these different things so i have been on this on this like pursuit of trying to figure out how can we never have a problem with this again and so that led me to the lithium batteries right because i've tried the 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 AGM the and that's what absorbed glass mat glass mat technology right okay so how is that different than lead acid let's just start there well your absorbed glass mat you don't obviously people go there because it's not a mess and then they don't realize there's three or four different styles of that well you have a thirty one 
wet cell by wet cell i mean you got to take the lids off add acid put the lid back on it's a mess it charges it leaks it vents it yeah, does i don't it know so- anybody that wants one of those yeah and even if it's cheaper yeah like, like, people, that sounds that's terrible. the only reason that people want them because it's a cheaper technology and, and not everybody can afford that so you got i appreciate that and then you go to your agms and the agm came out and everybody's like oh man that's so awesome i don't have to do this well the battery still has to be vented it just takes the maintenance now it also is a little harder to charge so, so wait a minute vented what do you mean the battery has to be vented? Um, they have to vent gases out of it anything that needs charge like that that has has a, a absorbed glass mat but that's something that the manufacturer is doing but in the yep. case in right? the casing, not, the, it's the nothing, customer doesn't have to do you anything. Don't touch a glass mat, okay, at all. But but one of the things that that was interesting about the 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 glass mat batteries was like in a small boat application, you could mount them on their side, or you could mount them in a str- upside down or in a strange configuration where that may be the only way that you're getting these batteries in a very small compartment. So that was one of the reasons why we would move over to that. So That's a, that room. was a big sell because people were like, oh, I can save room. I can put this up in the corner and not worry right. about checking it. Yeah, exactly. And, and everyone was like, well, that'll do so much better. Well, that battery did do better. But it lasted, it had a longer lifetime, not necessarily a longer runtime. And it also took longer to charge because there was much more resistance. And I say longer to charge instead of a lead battery taking four hours that you're used to or 10 hours you're used to, the AGM may take 12 hours. And people are like, why? Well, because a charger has to work a little harder to get all the voltage into that battery Hmm. because it holds it longer. So it takes longer to charge the battery. And so my, th- my theory, and I don't know if this is correct, but it just seemed like this to me, like lead acid batteries. It seemed like when I had three group 31s, I was able to get better performance out of those batteries. Like in other words, when, when I turned that trolling motor on, it was hot and, and seemed like it had more horsepower. Mm-hmm. Right. And then go to the AGM batteries and I never felt like I was ever getting the same performance. Well, a lot of that can be voltage related, and some of that can be what was the size of your AGM versus your, you know, I mean, I'm getting the battery. biggest ones. I, I mean, yeah. in this, I mean, I explain the situation. You know, we're so everything is the biggest best I can possibly get. Okay, and but I always felt like. Man, why am I spending so much money on these these other batteries when when the lead acid seems like it's better? I may have to replace it sooner, but. As a fishing guide, you know, it's like you need just performance. Like it doesn't matter how soon you have to replace it. Like a race car. You want to step on the gas and go fast now. Right. (laughs) Well, the volt. I think in that case, there's a little voltage when your battery's charging. The lead acid battery may go to a higher voltage. I'll just give you a number, 14.4. So when you get out there with hot bat, three group 31s that are sitting at 14.4 and you step on it, you're going to take off like you just got shot out of a cannon. Where the AGM battery may not be that high. It could be at 13.8 or 13.9. And while there ain't no difference in that amount of voltage, oh, yes, there is. When you put them side by side and you step on that motor, there's a big there's there, there's a big difference when you're used to it. Mm-hmm. It's like putting your pedal on, of putting a okay. foot in the gas on an eight-cylinder versus a four-cylinder. Okay, well, that makes me feel better because people argued with me. They were like, no, man, the, the AGM batteries are better. This is what you want. I'm like, I don't really think it is. Like, well, this conversation we're having with what we just said, we're all going to hear the other side of the story. Oh, right. no, I can only have that. It's only here. And I, yeah. And, and 
there's there's both sides to that coin, but it usually just comes down to how hot they come off from the voltage you have in it. And the lead acid battery will come out at a higher voltage from mm. charge. Okay, but then then the lead acid batteries, the the problem with them was that they were heavy. They required an absolute upright uh, lockdown installation, which meant that you had to have room for three batteries. Um, they didn't necessarily have to be side by side, but they really needed to be locked down and they really needed to be um, um, upright. Yes, right? all like the time. Off you the don't side, turn if, they, them if up. they fall over, it's going to start leaking. You have a mess. It's, it's a bad deal. You got corrosion, so, acid, the whole nine yards. If you had, like in a bay boat application, if you had the room, the lead acid was was the best choice. Then the AGM comes along, and many people didn't have the room, and they were interested in those batteries, and me included, like in a skiff application. Like that worked great. You could mount them all different ways, and and they seemed to, to work, but I never felt like I was getting the performance. So now, as we... Well, I guess there's the 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 other benefit to the let to the AGM batteries. If I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but those would have like a longer cycle life. They were going to offer you more cycle life. So, more. in other words, you might be able to keep those for two years instead of correct one year. Yes. Okay. And so that was a benefit to the lead to the AGMs yes. over the lead acid. So you'd see a lot of people going there. So what about like a guy that um, fishes, maybe, maybe, maybe he comes down, he fishes hard for a month, then he goes away back to his job or whatever, and the boat sits for two months or it sits all winter in so many, so many places. Between the lead acid and the AGM, which would have been better for that? The AGM would be better for that. Mm -hmm. It's going to hold the charge a little bit longer. It's not going to have any venting of. You know, if you go out to a lead acid battery that's been sitting by lead acid, again, the wet ones, you'll see on the top of the battery, you'll see moisture and maybe some stuff running down yes. the side. That's what happens when they sit. They naturally vent out the liquid out of the top of the battery where the absorbed glass mat technology, it didn't have the liquid to do that. It's still vented. It just didn't make the mess. What do you clean that off with when that um, happens? Baking soda and water is the best neutralizer battery acids off your acid that works great they make stuff aftermarket you can spray on it it detects if you have it and you know people the old school here let's go old school they poured coke or pepsi on it huh <laughs> and so if you did that with coke or pepsi or baking soda or water or some other product you just spray that on there then do you wipe it off with a with a you would wipe it off or you would rinse it with water you could just rinse it you could rinse it off the so best that neutralizes it before you put acid or anything into the environment you always want to have it neutralized mm -hmm. and so that doesn't hurt the battery to get it wet nope not not in not in uh, an EGM in the lead batteries where you pull the caps off sometimes if you pollute the top of the battery too much it can go back into the battery and once again overfill the caps Huh. which makes all that work you just did defeated because it's going to vent all that extra water out. So right. it's just a quick rinse. It's nothing you stand with a hose and just hold it on top. Right. Okay. And so that's the same with the, with the AGM too. You, yep. you can just wipe it off. You can do off. just wipe it off. If with there's anything, soda. it shouldn't see much, if anything of that. I mean, the easy way to detect that is we'll just take a, a baking soda and just, and actually if you just take baking soda, a little water and put it over top and it puffs up and gets fuzzy real quick, that means there's acid there. Huh. What does Coca-Cola do? Same thing. Neutralizes the acid, causes it to foam up, 
Huh. That's what it does, and we drink it. Yeah, I know lots of it. They yep. say that like like uh, state troopers like keep Coca Cola in the back of their car. That's always been the urban myth, like to clean up blood, to clean up battery acid. To yep. I don't it's know what on the do. battery acid end. I, I'm not going to get into the other stuff because I hope I don't have to use it for that. I'd rather drink it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the but it's funny that it works on battery acid oh, like yeah. that. Yep, it's been around for. That's what they used to, my grandpa used to use that. He's like, just go get that and pour it over that old six volt. That'll clean that right up. By gosh, it did. <laughs> what do you think it is in the Coke that, that does that? I don't think I want to know. Yeah, we might not. <laughs> we might not. Yep. If it does, does that to a battery, I wonder what it's done to the insides. Yep, that's why they, they say Coke and Pepsi, just use it to clean it. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'll drink it. I got other things I'll use on that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's, that's kind of disturbing. Um, so... Now you have the the evolution of these batteries going from the lead acid to the to the advanced glass mat. Now, did was that happening when you were in the Navy? No, I was out. Okay, so but you were dealing with both of these types of batteries when you had your yep. When I had the battery warehouses, I was in. I dealt with the, all that. I saw that technology come to life, and I was one of the guys like, yeah, I don't know, but when the general public see something new they want to have it so it forces you to learn it mm -hmm. i had to learn a different what was the advantage to this battery how am i going to sell this battery or so what would you say like what about the agm batteries you know what biggest seller of an agm battery is guess what it's going to last you suppose it's going to last you a longer lifetime so you're going to get your two years instead of your one you're supposed to get your two years instead of your one year and then there's no mess you know what people like the fact that when i say no mess Man, I got the acid. My terminals turn green. They get corroded and da 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 da. You know, you won't have to do that. You clean them up this time or you put new cables on there. This battery is supposedly not going to cause corrosion. And that was one of the big sellers. I mean, every obviously it still vents a little, just not near as hard that you see. You'll still get some corrosion forever. But that was a big seller right there. No mess. My kid can go pick it up. I, I can reach down in there and not go, oh, what a mess. Right. And the other thing is it's going out on a lake in a state that's very environmentally friendly. You know what? There's no acid that can ever be out of this battery into the water. And that was the thing. Also, one of the big things it's clean. Yeah. Well, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. Now, now then the evolution goes to, is there another step before the lithium or is that is not the next really. step kind Everybody, of the every, It went to lithium. There was NICAD, but nobody really used a NICAD battery in water. Everybody went to NICAD and a cordless drills. Hmm. That's remote-controlled cars. These uh, drones. Drones. Yeah. They use them in drones. And then everybody went to lithium. And that, well, wow, look at this. There's so much more power. It's so this, it's so that, and so that. And then we did uh, lithium for... Well, we started out, what, 11 years ago, I think it is. And then uh, that was a, we were, you know, technically Kevin got laughed at the first time we took a 24-volt lithium battery down. <laughs> and here it is. And everybody's walking by him and the show looking at him, this is, as he tells me. And, you know, Ot Defoe took a chance with us. And okay. he still uses, actually, if you talk to Ot Defoe today, he's one of the major league fishing guys we help. He would never go back to a lead or an AGM battery. He he took a chance. He said, I can't believe how well this worked, how quick, how powerful. And he was one of the ones like, yeah, well, you know, we'll, whatever, we'll give it a shot. So that's how lithium came to us. But lithium's been out there. It just, it's like everything. Everything works in a cycle. It's not so why, why did, what was the, the idea? Like 
to create a lithium battery 11 years ago? Like you're going to solve what problem? I'm going to make your boat work better, lighter. You'll get two times more cycles. You'll charge that battery up five times quicker than whatever you have in your boat. And instead of having two batteries for 24 volt or three for 36, you have one, (laughs) one battery that does that job. And that's what we really push. The one battery you need, there it is. And then the weight, right? Oh yeah. You're going from, you picked up a lead battery. They weigh 70 pounds, 75 pounds cheap battery. Three of those. Yep. My one 36 volt battery, 38 pounds. So three times 70, that's what is that? That's uh, two, 210 pounds. 210 pounds. And you're going to 32? 38. 38. No, I have, it depends on the battery. We have a 40 amp hour that weighs 32 pounds, and I have a new 60 amp hour that weighs 38. So even you've got the heaviest one I got is 38 pounds. So, I mean, for like a small boat application, a skiff application, that is massive. I mean, you're trying to get every ounce of weight you can out of those boats and they're very sensitive to weight and yep. if you got if you got 210 pounds in the bow versus 30 pounds in the bow or 40 pounds in the bow that's incredibly huge i mean you can see massive uh performance differences when you get low on fuel oh right? yeah the performance difference there when you get back home you'll see a huge difference in how long your charger has to work people don't realize every time you plug that in that's it's aging it so if I plug in and it takes me 16 hours to charge up three batteries and it takes me four hours, maybe five to charge up one, which way would you want to go? Well, I don't know because you say it's aging it. Is that considered well, a cycle? No, the the charging, the, your charger on your boat, you know, you plug right. it in. A no, long, I, yeah, I get, they don't, it just uses up your electronics. So when it is actually charging, it is, that's doing damage to the battery. Well, kind no. of. what it's doing is when it's charging, you're using your charger age. You know, you only have X amount of charges in that charger, mm-hmm. for example. So the less charging you have to do, the longer your charger is going to last. Okay. Now, when it's charging the battery, yeah, you're cycling, you're using up your battery, you're recharging it. And that's what they consider a cycle from dis- uh, full charge to discharge is a cycle. Mm-hmm. And that we consider it down to 20% discharge to one cycle. Most people don't ever get there. Right. Lead acid is about 50% discharge because that's all you're entitled to. So that's a cycle. And I don't think today they even tell you how many cycles you can get out of a lead acid or AGM battery. Hmm. Where a lithium battery, especially ours, you can get, you know, they play in numbers with it. It's 3,000 to 5,000 cycles. So, But, but you're uncomfortable with, uh, with the what actually a cycle is. Well, our competitors, you know, and I'm not pointing fingers, but the you know, competitors, you know, they can play cycle games. Well, my battery gets 10,000 cycles or more. At what percent of discharge? Well, you know, you discharged at 7% or 5% and you bought it back up. That's a cycle. No, that's really not what we consider a cycle. When we test our product, we cycle it down to an 80% discharge state. We want the consumer, the customer, we want to know that our product is the best out there and that we've tested it. We know what it's going to do. That's why we provide a 10-year warranty on our Lithium Pros batteries because we know we have them out there over 10 years old, so why shouldn't we? So 10 years over any number of, I mean, because who could ever count the cycles or you would have to have some software in the battery or something? A cycle counter really isn't available for the software in the battery. And I've said that now and everybody's heard me. So somebody's going to tell me, yes, there is one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we don't have it. So it's not in there. We're not going to take it apart and go, 
oh, you used it 2,998 cycles. Sorry. You know? Yeah. So we, we're comfortable with our product in our heart, in our core, in our testing. So we're going to go out there with it. We're going to put it in the market. We have it out there. We know it lasts. Well, so now what we're doing in this pursuit, this seemingly endless pursuit of trying to get endless trolling motor battery has led me to putting your batteries in the boat. But I don't just have one thirty-six up front. I have two. And they are in parallel, right? Correct. So that means that instead of like the old way that we would do it, where there would be three thirty-six uh, and the positive would go, there would be a jumper from positive to negative and positive to negative. And then you would have the uh, the trolling motor or whatever on one positive on the num- battery number one and one negative on battery number three. Or Yep, that's right? exactly that You had it in series. You had three twelves hooked together for 36 volt. Okay. And so... That would be 36 volts because there's three 12s. Now, what I have in my boat now is your 36-volt lithium. Correct. In parallel. Yep. Which is not the same as the way I just described. Right. So then to another 36-volt. So in theory, how should that compare to what, I described before the three three twelves. The three twelve. Each one of our lithium batteries, uh, like you have, would be the forty amp hours. Going to be comparative to like one and three quarters of lead acid batteries. So you have one, two. You have like three and a half lead acid batteries in two batteries. You have a total weight of sixty two pounds. Those two batteries are going to outrun your three, and they're going to charge quicker. That's where your comparison is. It's all about what can I do to help. Tom and and, and and get his boat better. Well, we're going to make it lighter. We're going to make it more efficient. We're going to make it charge quicker and it's going to run longer. Right. That's well, the, I mean, the weight alone is, is big, <laughs> but getting more batteries in a small space where weight is a concern is a reason enough for me and for a lot of people. For too. a lot of people, that's a big difference where you can put it. You know what? If I can put two batteries in, and you use it hard and you're out on the, on the bay and you're in that. So you need that the two batteries is work is what you need in lithium. A guy could get away with one, but he wouldn't be able to do what you do. Right. And then he's going to have more space than even you have. And that space offers him more whatever he needs to put in that boat to make him do his job. Okay. So to, to go a step further, which I'm really, really excited about the batteries. Because I think that that is going to be a big change. But I still think with two batteries, I'm going to be able to kill it. Like if we have a hard morning catching bait and then we're going to go and we're going to like a lot of times we may we may uh, explore. And so you're basically on high going down these mangrove shorelines looking and you may not even be making a cast, but you're looking. You're looking for a drop off or you're looking for something. And some of these shorelines you've never been to before. And so there's going to be a lot of dead dead area where i mean the fish are only going to be in about five percent of the whole area so you might go for 15 minutes and nothing and then here's what you're looking for but it's on high the whole time and so if you've burned up a bunch of trolling motor battery catching the bait and then you're burning down these shorelines i think i could still kill it but we also have one of the first power pole chargers which I'm super excited about that, but I don't 
understand exactly how the thing works. I understand the concept, but explain to me what it's supposed to how it's supposed to work. Well, it's supposed to chart. And I'm not a power pole guy. I love their stuff. I have lots of friends that have it. I know the people at power pole. What it does is it transfers voltage from 12 volt to 36 volt. It charges when your boat's running. If you have a lithium battery in there for your starting, our M3180S, and you have our 36 volts in the back for your trolling like Tom does, you're technically it's going to be near impossible to kill with that pole system because it's moving the voltage around. It's smart. And I could be off on some of my items, I'm telling you, but it's going to keep that thing going. Okay. But the idea of the power pole charger, as it was described to me and as I've read the book on it, as you run, Mm -hmm. it's going to take voltage from the engine, go to the start battery as normal. Like that's what would normally happen. Right. Yes. But then on a, before this charger, that battery, it would just go into that battery, and when it's full, it's full, and and it would just loop loop back it through just, the engine correct. and just keep going. So the start battery is going to stay charged, but it's not doing anything for your trolling motor batteries. Correct. So this one is supposed to route the charge to the crank battery first so that you can always get home. Right. Then it's going to route to the – if I, like in my boat, it's got a house battery, so any – overflow is going to go to the house battery. And then when that's full, it's going to start going to the trolling motor batteries. It's that on the fly system. It'll charge up your, all your batteries in your boat one at a time. So you're always, like you said, you're always getting home. Your house is always charged up and then it goes back and it tops off the 36 volt. It puts X amount of voltage in over what your 12 volt needs. So say you're out running your big motor. Now you went out, you've used up your trolling motor batteries. You know, you've used them up and you start your big motor and you head back. You're going to make a nice run out here. So you run 15 miles. Uh, let's not even go there. Let's say five miles. And then you're like, well, we'll drop it down. Well, look at the power I have. That's what that does. Lithium offers you that ability because it's going to charge so much quicker where the lead battery would be like <laughs> nothing. <laughs> so if we – let's say we, we burn up a lot of – and this is a very common thing. We leave the dock, full charge. We'll catch bait right around here. But we may – sometimes sometimes it's tough, man, and you don't catch bait until – 10 o'clock. So that means from seven till 10, you've been going on high for three hours. All right. And you finally catch the bait. And now it's time to go to where the fish are, which might be an hour and a half away or an hour away. So it's very common for us to burn up a tremendous amount of charge, run an hour. So in that hour, what do you think You've probably recharged those lithium batteries because we're going to say your 12-volt battery's not down that far at all because it's not been really mm-hmm, hardly right. used. So it took a few minutes to charge up. You're probably going to charge up a, a lithium battery. You're going to get in an hour and a half and real good charging. You're going to probably put 20% back in that battery. Wow. And that's, that, I mean, exaggerate on one and not be enough, too much on one and not enough on another. So, But you're going to put that in there and you have experience with it. You know that, what I'm saying is almost right because you've run them pretty far down mm-hmm. and then went out there and went, wow, my lead, my lead batteries would have been dead by now and I'm still fishing. Yeah. And the people don't realize that until they experience that. And that's what you can ever do. You can't ever tell somebody this is what's going to happen, but you really need to experience. You need to talk to the guy this has happened to where he's, well, I was only been out here for four or five hours and typically I'm dead. Well, you realize you've been out here for, um, nine hours no way 
Right. Yeah. That's the difference. Yeah. And I mean, like we use a trolling motor in a different way than most people. And we, um, I would say that we're on the very far extreme. The boats are bigger. Yep. There's more wind. There's more current. We're doing a couple of different things. We're not just fishing. We're catching this bait and then we're fishing or we're using the anchor mode in current. And so the thing is just running and running and running right by a bridge. And sometimes it's like a river, right? So the basically the thing is on high in anchor mode. Some people are going to do that. But for the most part, I think that like the, the problem that like the general consumer is going to face is like, okay, I want to, my boat's going to sit all week and I'm going to go fishing this weekend and I want it to perform perfectly. Or it's going to sit for three weeks and I at my beach house. And when I get there, I want this thing to run perfectly. And it's, man, you get the family down there. You, everybody's ready to go, whether you're fishing or you're going water skiing or whatever. And you get down there and it's like, battery's dead. That sucks. Yeah. And now the kids are like, now what are we going to do? You know, there's nothing to do. And so I think that that is a more common thing than this extreme trolling motor usage that, that we're having. But like the, this should help with that too. Well, this, that's going to make a difference. This is where lithium is a very helpful in its performance. It holds its charge much, 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 much longer than lead acid. And when you got your lead battery in the gentleman's boat or whoever they are, they'd let it sit for two weeks. Lithium doesn't need to be float charged. It'll have its charge when you come back in six See, months. That has always scared me. Like if you're going to leave a boat at your beach house and you've got some rinky dink charger with, with alligator clips or whatever, and you leave that thing plugged in for weeks or months. Yep. I mean, I've always thought that's a, that seems like a good well, way to start a fire. That is a good way because you have heat. The charger builds up. You get a, a, a power strike, for example. Where's it go? It's going out that outlet, hit that charger, and your charger sits on your boat. Everything on there, you lose it. Where the lithium, you just get back home. You just leave it sit there. You're good to go. You come back, it'll be fully charged. Or a lot of people, what they do is they come back, pull it in the shed. They come back to the beach house in six months, plug it in the night before. The next day, they're ready to go. Hmm. So if you fully charge your batteries before you leave, they'll be fully charged when you come back in six months. As long as something's not drawing. Yeah. You want to make sure all your kill switches are off. And do not, you say, don't put it on a float charge. Do not float charge lithium. There's no, it doesn't like that high voltage. It doesn't need to be kept that way. It holds its voltage for you. People are like, well, I used to this. And that's a difference. Lead acid is dropping voltage 30%. Or uh, just sitting there. Just sitting there. Where the lead, or the uh, lithium battery is just going to stay at that voltage. If you took your lithium battery, you put your voltmeter on it, you come back in six months, you put your voltmeter on it, you go, Did, didn't do a thing. It's going to do so minimal that your voltmeter is probably not going to change hmm. if your switches are off and there's no draw on it. So that, you know, what? it's, it's forget it when you go, because you don't have to worry about plugging it in. You don't want to plug it in. And when you come back, know it's going to be ready to go for your for your next adventure. Hmm. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, I just see all this evolution of these batteries and things like that. Like I think about sometimes I talk to my kids. I'm like, 
yeah, man, when, you know, we used to have these phones on the wall and they had this cord and, you know, it was like you'd go to somebody's fancy house and they would have like a 20 foot cord and you could walk all the way into the breakfast room and talk on the phone. And, and then it's like, they, they, they're just like, what? Like, that's so weird. And you're like, yeah. And then when I first got my iPhone, I had to charge that thing like every two hours. I thought I was a cat's butt when we got a cordless phone for the house and I could go to the basement. I know. And then you could pick it up on a radio station. Like it was, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Dial it in. But you tell people like these, these, these things that used to be a major issue. Like you couldn't walk around the house and talk on the phone. There weren't cell phones. Then when we got, when we actually had cell phones, the batteries were so crappy that you were charging them all the time. And so I, I, I've always, I, I, have you ever seen that movie that um, hot tub time machine? No, I did not. Okay. See it. So it's this funny movie and, and these guys, they all want to have this, this reunion at this ski resort that they used to go in high school. And so now they're like 40 and, <laughs> And it turns out that if they got in this weird hot tub, it was like a time machine. And they, so they, they go there and they're having this party. And then all of a sudden they wake up and they're going to go skiing and they go over to the ski resort and they're, they're walking in and they're still 40, but they're, they got in this time machine. So they go back and they're looking around and like people are wearing like eighties clothes and stuff like that. And they're all kind of looking at each other like something's kind of weird here. And then, uh, all of a sudden, some one of them, it's starting to make sense. Like, we're in the 80s. I think we're in the 80s. Like, all the haircuts and oh all the clothes and everything. <laughs> and then somebody sees a guy uh, with a Walkman on his belt, and he puts a cassette tape in and closes it. And, and, he, and he was like, oh, man, we're, we're in the 80s. Do you see that? But there were all these telltale signs of, like, things that you used to do in the 80s and and that that just marked it. And when I think about like all the things we're talking about, like the fact that that we're worried about uh, trolling motor juice and the fact that batteries used to weigh two hundred and ten pounds, and the fact that that you had to charge these things when you when you left for a month, like it seems like we're working our way to where it's it's just like, oh, you want to use the trolling motor all day? No problem. And we're going to be telling our kids, like, or my kids would be like, I remember we'd get to the, we'd get to the lake house and the battery would be dead. Dad'd be so mad. (laughs) Yeah. So would mom because the kids were still here. (laughs) But I mean, don't you think that like we're moving in that direction and, and, and things are getting better and better in this way? We're getting better and better. And what it is, guys like you that, that help out us as the manufacturer and builders of this, because we want to push the limits. We want to know exactly what the guy at at the max, you do it. You set it. You're an extreme. You're who we want because we want our product to go to the extreme. So when we say this will work for you, sir, or ma'am, and I have experience back here with this gentleman or this company or this guy, it's going to be there. I want you to go all day. I want to tell somebody that, look, my stuff works. Lithium pros is the one you need. Here you yeah. go. Here's the experience. Here's the data for it. I mean, that's, that's pretty cool, but it's, it's, it's certainly moving in that direction because we're getting more life. Now, one of the differences that I've noticed already is that with the lead acid or the AGM, like you would feel like batteries super strong or the trolling motor super strong. And then it'd be like, man, I'm on high and this is, I'm at, what should be about 30% and 
You well, know? that's where that's where lithium comes in and helps you out. With your lead battery, you're only entitled to use 50% of whatever the rated capacity is. It's a scientific fact, and you can look it up online, Google it, it'll show up. Lithium batteries, and we use a different technology than what's in your cordless drill, but I like to relate to people. It's, it's easy to understand. When you're pulling a lithium cordless drill, everybody's used them, most everybody. You hold, you're using it, it goes 100%. You don't know that's getting down. All of a sudden, it's not working. And you push that little button and it's red. And, well, two minutes ago it was green. Lithium batteries use 100% of their available energy 100% of the time. Hmm. So when a lead-acid battery has failed at its 50%, if I tell you that battery has 110 amp hours, you have capability to use that 110 amp hours. Wow. And that is where it, it it's like it keeps going and going and going and then it's just going to go into a safe mode, we'll call it. If you discharge our battery down to X voltage, it's going to turn off to protect the battery and the equipment. Because what happens when you're using a dead battery, it's extremely hard on the electronics and the equipment. So we don't want to hurt anything in your boat, your trolling motor, chargers, nothing. So that battery will turn off. And it's real simple. When you get back or you want to restart it, you can either turn off your switch and turn it on or just disconnect the terminal for 15 seconds and put it on. That resets the battery. So it's able to be charged up immediately. Or And you like you were saying in the beginning that that's how you get a fire like when you get a battery all the way down and then you cram a bunch of charge into it so there's some sort of a chip or something in the battery well, that's, that's a battery management now the lithium batteries like we have they they'll take the amperage you're not going to hurt it by throwing a heavy heavy load on an our lithium pros battery where you may hurt something else in that technology world but our battery management inside balances your cells. You got to have battery management. It keeps all your cells equal. It makes sure everything charges fine. It makes sure it discharges fine. So when you get home, you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> Just plug it in, charge it, unplug it. You're done until you want to use it again. Wow. Well, that's cool, man. I, I'm really excited about this uh, this technology, and it's working great because um, it's it feels like it's full the whole time we're out there. So, but that kind of concerns me a little bit, but the power pole, um, charger has an app that sea monster app. Yep. So I'm able to, I should be able to go on that sea monster app, like a fuel gauge and see where my batteries are. Yeah. I was, when I was out looking at your boat, um, in the rain, <laughs> uh, having a good time getting wet. I actually pulled up your Sea Monster app and I have I, I took and looked to see where your batteries but that's were. That's real time, right? That, like, that is right now. That's happening as I was standing there with your charger plugged in. I could see exactly percentages and voltages right there. That's huge technology want and use technology in education and use technology for the end user the consumer because that's something they need to pay attention to and look at hmm. you can always go and say what's the problem well wow look this is 98 percent, and this one's 98 well i got no problems i'm good to go pull the plug on that thing right well that's that's a big deal because you being able to you know, look at the batteries as, as you would a fuel gauge is huge for us it, because I mean, you could, I would always have it like on my screen on the GPS. I always keep voltage there just to kind of like, if I start seeing that's going really down, it's like, man, we got to start up. Like if we're running too many pumps or, or something, then I want to make sure that you, you know, get home. <laughs> yeah. You got to get home. So I always have that. And if I ever see it go down below like 12.7 or whatever, I'm like, something's not right. Yep. Like, 
And so I'll keep that on the screen, but I was unable to do it with my trolling motor batteries. You just, just wouldn't have any idea. You have kind of an idea, but now, you know, I think that at some point be like, okay, 30% means I can run this thing for an hour or two hours or five hours. Or I don't know what it's going to mean, or that, but that that's or, what I got to figure that, out. That or you just start running, you start your motor and you make a little move and, and watch how, and that's a great way to learn how quickly it's going to charge a battery. Your battery's at 30%. Okay, well, let's let's go move, let's start the boat up and let's go make a little run and just watch how quickly them lithium mm, batteries yeah. will go from 30%, 35, 40. Wow, look at that. And then you shut it off and it sits there at 42.2%. That's fast. Yeah. But you don't realize that, well, hey, you know what? I got an extra four hours now. Maybe I can catch that big fish it takes or go out here and do this a little longer. Where the other guys, well, I got to head back because my lead batteries are right. down. You know what? I caught the big fish, maybe won a tournament because I had two extra hours on the water or two extra minutes. Well, there's no question that that's, that's how it works. I mean, and that's, that's what we're all looking for is like, you know, most days you don't use it. Honestly. Yeah. You know, I don't kill the battery every single day. Most guys don't. You but, get you get some extremes, but, but most guys it's don't. It's the days that you do. Either the fishing is fantastic and you want to take advantage of that, or it's really, really tough. It's the middle days where it's, you know, it's pretty good. You don't that's when those are the days that you're not you're not killing it. It's the days that are are, you know, one for the books where you want to do it one more time, you know, or it's, you know, it's five o'clock and your guy hadn't caught anything and you are like, I got to go on high into the wind and we're going to see if we can make it happen. My arm won't fall off with one more throw. Right. I know. (laughs) know. Well, that's cool, man. Well, I appreciate you telling me all about the the batteries because it really makes sense. And it makes a lot of sense of why you would pay more for a lithium because like you're not going to get, you're getting 10 years out of this battery. Well, that's a big plus right there. People will go, well, that's awful expensive. Okay, yeah, it is. But how much do you spend every two years on a, on a good on good batteries? Three of them every two years. Two years is your average life on a good battery right. anymore. How much are you spending over a period of 10 so years? So what would that be? Like a, a regular AGM battery so is you what? Went, you how spend much does a good, that cost? You're going to spend two to $300 on a, on a top-of-line AGM battery times three Yeah. times every two and a half years. So at the end so of the thousand dollars every two years. Yeah. And this battery, you know, is going to pay for itself and you get 10 years. It's warranted for that long. So after what, six years, it's already paid for itself plus some because you don't have any mess to clean up, no cables to change and you only got less weight. So it saved you fuel, power consumption and gave you more energy. Wow. Yeah. There you go. There's your sales pitch right there. We <laughs> Whoops, I didn't want to go to sales pitch. trying to do a sales pitch, but but that that is, I mean, when you think about it, like that is the the justification for going. I mean, I think so many people would go simply for the weight. Well, like, people don't think about it either. When you're towing down the road, if you have 280 pounds of batteries in your boat and now you have 32, how's that make you ride? What's it do to your fuel mileage? Yeah, I mean, on the on the road is one thing, but in the water, yeah, it can make a huge difference on the amount of fuel. But I mean, then you you you, I mean, honestly, it's one of the cheapest things there because you've got this hundred and thirty thousand dollar boat, and it's not running the way it's supposed to because there's too much weight in the bow, and you or you have to put a different prop on it with more lift so that you can actually get it to run like it's supposed to. But then when you do that, you cut down on your top end. And so if you really want, you know, the high performance dude, 
wants to get what he paid for. He paid, he's got a fancy boat and he wants to run it. Yep. And, and then, you know, if you can get that weight out of the bow. That's why we, we why we plug it. And I'm going to plug it is that's why we advertise that one battery you need, because it's really is you can need one battery to do everything you need to do. Start and troll. So you could get away with two batteries in really? your boat and be done. Cause man, I'd tried that one time of having running a trolling motor off my start battery when I was first getting started and I had no idea what it, what it drew. And that was a bad, I had to learn how to pull start my outboard. Uh, <laughs> that was never do that. Like you thought you're fishing not saying, with your arm was bad. That you could do that, right? Like no. a, like a crank battery and a trolling motor battery. No, you use your crank you battery for start for your boat. One for each. Yeah. So there's one right. battery you need for start, one battery you need for right. troll and you're done with your right. boat. Right. So instead of five batteries or six batteries in your boat, you have two. Yeah. Well, that's that's pretty good. It's cheaper and it's um, it's lighter. So if somebody was interested in the, you know, in the product that you make, where do they find? You that? could go online. Uh, we have our website, which is lithiumpros.com, and all the information on there, basic information you need to know about it. You can look at our product line. Everything that's in your boat, everything we have, because we do racing, RV, solar, industrial. We do batteries of all type. You need to just check out the site. Hmm. And if you have any further questions, just call the office, call the phone number, and you'll talk to a human being every time you call there <laughs> during business hours. And then, you know, they can answer any questions you have. And and then if you have any other problems, just tell them to ask for Joe. Okay. They and, call you. And, they just and talk they, to you. And they can call and talk to me. That's cool. Well, I can... You know, the biggest testament I could ever give is that uh, I have never really seen anybody jump in a car and drive 14 hours to diagnose what turned out to be uh, a loose connection. Um, we didn't actually have a problem. It was a loose connection. But, um, yeah, man, you jumped in the car and drove 14 hours. That's that's incredible. And uh, thanks. That's that's really amazing. You got us. You kept us on the water and and. Um, and made sure that it was done and done right. Well, that's the need to know what's going on. That's just, that's all it is. We need to know. And we like to stand up for our product. I'm not going to jump in the car and run over here for, for something we can usually diagnose on the phone, but we, we have stuff with you that we need to know what's going on. If there's something there, we want to know, but simple terminals, that was a walk in the park and I'd liked it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you'll be thinking about how much you liked it on the way back in 14 hours. <laughs> all right, Joe, man. Thanks so much for telling us all that stuff about the batteries. And I hope it's helpful to so many people out there. I know it was for me. And uh, if you like this podcast, send, uh, give us a rating and review. Five stars on iTunes goes a long way. And uh, you can text this to your buddy who shows up at his lake house with a dead battery every time. And maybe you can help him out too. All right. Till next week. We'll see you.